Support for this podcast comes from Home Depot Pro. With an inventory of more than 100,000 products, the Home Depot Pro's product selection includes both the name brands you seek and the exclusive brands you trust. For more information, go to www.ebarnett.com. With every employee, you're kind of baking a casserole. Like, and, and if you if you just let the let anybody else put the ingredients in there, and you never manage the ingredients in that relationship, you're going to get whatever comes out of the oven, and you're choosing that. So, I would just say people want feedback. They want accountability more than you know, just like kids do. That they don't act like it, but they do. They crave it. Yep. They crave to know how they're doing and how they could do better. And I'm, are you proud of me? Um, I don't care if somebody's making a half a million a year. Sometimes those guys are the ones that just want somebody to be proud of. Hello, that's why they're so driven to make half a million dollars a year. So don't underestimate. I think, can we just close with this? Don't underestimate how much influence you have with every person in your company. Whether you think you're a great communicator, a great coach, a crappy coach, whatever, don't underestimate it. Because if I could go back, I would be so much more intentional mm-hmm. uh, with some of the with with the people that I I was blessed to bump elbows with uh, back in the day. I wish I'd been even more intentional uh, with those relationships because they deserved it. Um, and that's the that's the that's the um, the cloak you put on when you said I'm going to open a business or I'm going to manage a department. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As business owners and leaders, you're tasked with a lot of challenges and obstacles, and many of them can be addressed with simple operational changes or even massive overhauls. But the most challenging thing facing you every day is dealing with people. People can be difficult. Each person carries unique backgrounds and histories that directly impact how they work, function, and interact with others. So that means it impacts your business. Today, we're going to talk with Jared Dean, a coach at Success Group International. And as you will hear, Jared has an extensive background in the trades, having owned successful businesses in the HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and roofing trades. Yes, all four. Today, he coaches, helps, and mentors other business owners with SGI. While Jared knows the key performance numbers you must hit to be 20% net profitable at the end of the year, and he can diagnose a hidden problem in your company just by walking its floor, Jared is extraordinarily talented when it comes to connecting with people. You can tell he cares when you talk with him, and it's why he's so good as a business owner and as a leader. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to engage your employees on a daily basis and how it affects them and how it affects you. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Jared, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got lots going on, uh, lots of uh, members to help, contractors to talk to. So uh, for those who haven't had the distinct pleasure of meeting you, could you just kind of share your name, your uh, your role with SGI, and maybe in just a couple minutes, <laughs> your brief history in contracting? Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. 
I sound great. How am I, how am I looking? Do I look good? <laughs> well, there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Bob. Yeah, my name is Jared Dean, and uh, I am a, a membership uh, member development coach here at SGI. I've been with SGI as an employee for about three years, a little over three years now, and um, I get to coach all of the roofers. So we have about 80-some roofers, and um, – they are they are all my, my buddies, and I get to, to answer the phone when they call or call them and see what's going on. So, right. uh, and I've done that since I came on board here. Um, I actually grew up in contracting from the age of 12, which was uh, 31 years ago. I, I Right around now, 31 years ago, I accepted a job from a guy at, at church, and at that point in time, uh, I had a – you know, my, my mom was raising us. She was a single mom. And so for me, it was like – this is a whole lot better than going to the babysitter uh, all summer long. And so, yeah, sure, I'll go work. And um, I had no idea what I was in for. I, I was a total brat at home, never would take the trash out. But <laughs> I just fell in love with the trades. I fell in love with, you know, I fell in love with when you did a good job, people people noticed and said, man, thank you so much for, for doing a great job. And so that drove me to uh, love the trade. That drove me to love being the little guy that could get in any place in a crawl space or any place in an attic space. And, yeah. you know, 12-year-olds never run out of energy and never never need to take breaks. And so I was always the one still working and loved it. And so I uh, grew up at that company, worked every, every weekend, every holiday, every day after school I could. And um, that was an HVAC company at that time. And um, ended up buying that company when I was 23. And uh, by that time, we had expanded into some electrical and plumbing and some home improvements. Mm-hmm. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, all, all I, well, not trade, trade wise, I was pretty set. I knew what I was doing when I worked on somebody's house. But as far as my business, I had no, had no clue. And uh, I always say I failed forward really well. Um, I worked hard. I was proud of our work. So I was priced pretty decently. Um, I never missed a payroll, praise God, but um, I tell you, I made a, a boatload of other mistakes and from people mistakes to money mistakes to, I mean, you name it. And um, I had a mentor that I started to listen to. The wheels were starting to slowly turn, um, and he was talking about service and replacement. I did a lot of custom new construction, big boulder jobs, geothermal, um, wiring, you know, 20,000 square foot houses, plumbing, et cetera. So stuff that was really fun to do that moved a lot of money. I just didn't realize I wasn't making any. Um, And so, um, but this mentor passed away, and and right around that time, I, I got a call from uh, SGI for a profit day and uh, went to it. That was April Fool's Day, 2004. Wow. And I was blown away um, how much they knew about my business and they'd never stepped foot in the door. And bottom line there is, is just we all make pretty common mistakes. We, we're not as special as we think we are. Um, it's not as hard as we've made it. Uh, everybody's going through a lot of the same exact things. And um, so that gave me, uh, for once in my I guess you'd say career at that point. I was probably 25 or 26, somewhere around there. For once in my life, um, I realized I was like a whole lot of other contractors. And that conversation can be had and that there was help out there for it. I joined SGI. I guess I was 27. I joined SGI at 27 um, and went all in. I was done (laughs) making up my own marketing pieces or my own processes or my own SOP manuals and just, you know, my own decisions. I just went all in. Um, Otherwise, why? Why be a member if you're not going to be there every day, right? So I went all in. 
went to every class, learned what a P&L was, uh, started to learn how to manage people, uh, what a daily management report was, just all of these, all of these pieces to the puzzle. And within, uh, that was 04, within three, four years, I was an absentee owner and had four different businesses. We split it into four different businesses, one for plumbing, one for electrical, one for roofing, one for HVAC, and had management over top of all of them, and we were profitable. And it was crazy. It happened. It, it seemed like a long journey, uh, I guess, from 04 to, to you know, 9, 10. Yeah, um, but not really. But, uh, but not really yeah. uh, when you consider what we accomplished. So it, was, it was a lot of fun. That's fantastic. And here you are. Yeah the opportunity to coach other people and it's it's very uh rewarding i know that and while you were you're giving everyone your background you talked about people mistakes and i think that's the biggest issue a lot of contractors deal with is um once especially you get the processes in place a bit is dealing with people and how to manage people and lead and inspire people and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is engaging your employees um you know business owners spend so much time and money, recruiting people, interviewing, and you hire someone, and a lot of times they think, okay, you know how to, you know how to do the technical end of the job. Go do the job. I'm going to go focus on the next thing, right? And that person, they get in a truck, and they kind of feel like they're on an island, and before you know it, their buddy tells them they can make a few extra bucks, supposedly, down the street, and they leave. And then that owner's back to square one, and they're kind of spinning their wheels. you got to look for someone else. So, you know, all the research points to it that, and if you get people engaged and excited about where they're working, that you know, money to it is important to an extent, but it's not. They're not going to leave you because of it. So that comes down to, again, employee engagement, um, and that's like I said, we'll chat about that right here. So first things first, though, Jared. You know, um, like like with a recipe, you can't have bad ingredients, and and so it doesn't matter what you do in terms of getting your people engaged. If if you got a bad apple, they're just not going to get on board. So, how important is it to first get the right people on the bus? What do you say about that? Man, it's so important, and you know, I I kind of inherited a crew when I bought the company, and um, I had management I had managed it for a while before I bought it. So some of what I inherited was my own fault, of course, but. Um, it's so important, and when you're busy with the day-to-day and you just need a warm body to go to an address and, like, you know, clean a drain or fix a roof, you lose sight of the fact that it's a very it's a very short-sighted plan. And while it may hurt to, um, you know, run that extra call yourself or, you know, work a Saturday or even scale back in size for a time being if you can afford to, to get the right people on the bus, it makes all the difference in the world. The first business book I ever read and I, I didn't have a whole lot of money, so I remember not buying it because I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks. I read it um, sitting in Barnes & Nobles. I don't even know if they still have those now. But I read the book Good to Great, and I was, I was coming home from – uh, finishing a job and I was in my uniform and sat, you know, it, it, it just all scuzzy sitting in Barnes and Noble, you know, and basically looking at a giant bookshelf going, God, dear God, help me. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. this my, the rest of my life? I bought this thing and here <laughs> we are. And, um, good to great popped out. Obviously it's a red cover. It's a hardback book, sat down and started reading it. And one of the first things I remember reading was getting the right people on the bus and how, um, it didn't even matter. And it's really this really was a, that focal point of of, of a uh, a mindset shift. Don't necessarily even worry about which seat you're going to put them on. If you get the right people on the bus together, you'll figure out which way to go. Together, you'll figure out which seat they're best for. Yeah. And that changed uh, everything for me. From and that changed not only recruiting, hiring, but it 
it all, it really changed dehiring, mm-hmm. right, or or letting people go, right, uh, realizing who's not right on the bus and and biting the bullet, so to speak, and going, well, this is going to hurt for a minute or maybe even two months. Um, I might lose a bunch of revenue because of letting this salesperson go, or I might lose repair calls because I got to let this technician go. But at the end of the day, you have to weigh it out, right? It's not a knee jerk decision, but, um, I've, I've made some really hard decisions that were short sighted. You could laugh at me for, but long game, you'd go, Oh, gotcha. Did that change your whole company by getting rid of that guy? Right. Totally. It totally makes sense at that point. Um, yeah. Once you once you bring someone on 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 board, um, what are, what are some good ways to get someone, you know, so they don't feel disconnected? So, so wh- what's the process to get them connected uh, right away so they start feeling the culture and and, and get, getting them ingrained in how you do business and they feel like they're not the new person for for an extended period of time. So how do you kind of set the hooks in them right away? Yeah, culture's funny, and I and I definitely am not perfect at it because let's face it, we all have our own stuff we're dealing with. Uh, we tend to, um, if we go run a sales call or a service call ourselves, man, we're on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that customer sees the the best of us. They see the Instagram of us, <laughs> um, and then we get back to the office, and you know, somebody overflowed the toilet, and John didn't show up, and. Mer- Marie's supposed to be answering the phone. She's out smoking and they see the worst of us. Like they don't, right. They see, they see the dad moment, you know, where you're, you're just angry that you're on vacation now and darn it. You're all, we're going to have fun whether you like it or not. But, um, so I think that's a big part of it is to, to, to realize that, you know, how how do people experience you? Mm -hmm. Um, how, how do they, if I was to say, Hey guys, um, your boss is never going to hear this, but give me some one word answers of what kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. Or if I gave him a list of 300 words and there were words like encouraging, uh, deep, deep, uh, or maybe, um, just unencouraging or, you know, a bunch of different parallel or contradictory words, which ones would they choose? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, why can you be so great for a client, but you, you're kind of an animal behind closed doors and let stress come out. So that, that I think is a, is a big one is who, how do people experience to you. And here's why I say that, because a big part of culture for me was in bringing on the right people. My interview with them was, uh, extraordinary. I, I had it down pat to where I shared where we were, where I came from. And since I've been there my whole life, obviously it was kind of a, a cool come up story. And, and then here's where we are now. And we're kind of still, but we still have these problems and here's where you maybe could fit into helping some of those problems. I mean, it might be just in sales or maybe you'll end up in sales management. I don't know. That's going to be up to you and up to me and we'll work on that together. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So they, I immediately in that interview had them thinking of how they were part of the solution mm-hmm. and then talked about how great a culture we were, blah, 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 blah. Well, if none of that was true, but their first day is a rude awakening. Right. <laughs> so that, so because I had, I said all that, I had to make that happen on the back end. Now it doesn't mean I didn't slam my door from time to time when I got pissed off. Right. I mean, we all make mistakes, but it also means that I always apologize to my team. Hey, you know what? I acted stupid yesterday. Sorry about that. I'm just, you know, going through some stuff. You're, you're still transparent and people will follow that. People will say, I'll follow that guy. So I believe it starts on the friend. Um, it, it, to carry culture, you got to be able to have a little bit of fun, but not all, all fun. Um, and, uh, uh, and to, 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 you know, when you see somebody walking down the hallway and you say, how you doing? And they're like, I'm all right. I always went, Hey, what's, Hey, give me a second. Hey, what does that mean? All right. 
Well, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah, I do know what that means. I know what that means when I say it. <laughs> so I'm curious, <laughs> right? Sure. And so I think, you know, we, A, talk ourselves into not having time for that. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, that's probably your best time investment. Right. Because what you just basically, if you ignore those little things, what you've just said is, Hey, even if you're unhappy and you quit, I've got plenty of time to do your job too. Well, the reason you hired that guy is because you can't run 45 service calls in a day. Sure. Does that make sense? So you, you've built this, this machine and then you don't care that that part's, uh, you know, not getting oil or that part over there is wobbling and it's going to fall off. Right. And so I know it's easier said than done, but let those, if you could make something a, you know, how you, you get a notification on your phone, mm-hmm. if there could be a very loud notification in the life, the life cycle or the lifestyle of a manager, it should be, you know, when somebody, you know, somebody's not doing well and your speed to that problem. Right. Uh, we always talk about speed to lead, right? Somebody calls in and has a problem and it's a you know, 25 year old roof and it's leaking. Oh my gosh, can we get out there in an hour? <laughs> just tons of urgency because it means 20 grand to you. Sure. But do we have the same level of urgency when we, we hear that somebody's not doing well or somebody might not be happy about their job or do we go, I hope you find we're paying them plenty. Right. So, right. Well, and that speaks to the value of getting in front of your people every day. And I know, uh, there's lots, lots of companies, um, in our space that go, Hey, you just, we're going to dispatch you from your house. You're just going to go run your four five, six, 20 calls. And then, you, go home, <laughs> sure. you know, and then it's great. You don't have to come in a couple times a week to get materials and, isn't that, isn't that fantastic? Well, that's not really, you know, then they can go work for themselves, in all honesty. Uh, so speak to maybe the value of, of having, you know, we push big time in SGI daily huddles and, and, and the value of that connection that people have with you and with their, their fellow coworkers, right? Can you, can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we all grow up, you know, I, I think about playing sports and I never was you know, unfortunately, not the best athlete in the world. I mean, I can hang, but I wasn't first first pick, or maybe not even tenth pick. But um, I, I made up in diligence what I lacked in athletic ability. <laughs> but um, but I, I think we all, you know, have this thing in us, whether we're introverted or extroverted. We still have this thing where we want to be on something that contributes. We want to be on. We want to be part of humanity, and we're never. We can't really lose that. Uh, because I realize some of us get to a point where we hate people. I get that. Um, that's usually out of a place of hurt and pain. It's not where, how you're born typically. But right. I think we all want to be part of something, and it, it involves people. Um, and then we want that something to to be worthy of its existence. We want we want a legacy. Uh, we, we may not be really intentional on writing our legacy or building our legacy, but there's something in us that wants to be involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be on a winning team. We, and, and, and even if we're losing, we just want to be on a team that we still like being on. I mean, I've been on some losing teams before, but we just had a great time yeah. <laughs> and it hurt for a second, but then we all partied anyways, you know? And so, um, I don't, I, I, I would, I would, I would say it's, um, I don't think we can uh, we can discount the fact that it's just human nature. You can't say, well, they'll be fine. Well, they're making plenty of money. Well, now they get more family time, so it's good. Like we can make up a lot of excuses that sound really good, and and some of those are relevant. But there is just still some. There's so something to when a team is a team, and your job as a manager, whether you're overworked or not, your job as a manager, an owner, um, or even a, a part of the team, and not even managing anything, your job is to protect culture and build culture. And 
bring people together, have hard conversations, have fun conversations, play together, have fun together. Um, because once that all starts to happening, people stick up for each other. Uh, people do somebody else's paperwork. Right. Somebody runs a call for somebody. All the things that you fight all the time. If you find that you're always having to bribe someone to do something or everyone to do something and it's always a, a well okay well you can pay me double or is there not like a bonus involved right. your culture is is bankrupt mm. uh, but when you have great culture and everybody is a on a team and b knows what it'll take to win they all go well i'll cover because then if i don't cover we're not going to win this year or this quarter or this month or this week um so I get the remote thing. Uh, that was a big company that started in Northern Virginia, and and their big this was years ago. Their big thing was was remote, and I just I just shook my head. And went, I don't know how they're they're doing it. And it was kind of that eight or nine calls a day, work from home. At, you know, uh, I think it, had, it was so long ago. It was like fax machines. I gave you a fax machine, and you got your. You know, it's like I just don't get it because I need to see eyeballs. I care about people a little too much, and I I don't think that you can expect people to. And I'm not saying there's not some outliers. There's some guys that you could trust to just run their own thing they're just great attitude guys sure uh, they're responsible their paperwork's always done but we all know that's like one out of 500 that you hire <laughs> um so but there's there's no way uh that that you can have someone that cares a ton about the company cares a ton about their co-workers cares a ton about who they're doing work for if they don't feel care from you sure there's there's no way they will run out um so yes while it's probably it definitely is something that can work. We've seen it work for the last three months. Yeah. Is it sustainable? Is it wise? Is it is it leaving uh, productivity on the table somewhere? Um, or will you end up with a team that's kind of, you know, culturally bankrupt at some point? And then you'll go, crap. You know, I was I didn't realize, but they all dealt with being 100% remote uh, off of the gas tank of old culture we had as a team, but I forgot I wasn't putting gas back in the tank. So those, those personal connections are going to be even more important because you're not accidentally bumping to them in the hallway or having an all company meeting or, you know, depending on how, what level of remote you're trying to get to. Right. Right. How, uh, so, so, okay. So we get, you know, we've spoken to the, the value of getting together in the morning and, and getting that, you know, filling that gas tank before you're going. But once, once your guys are out, they're running calls and they're dealing with upset homeowners. They're dealing with whatever crazy circumstances. What are some ways that we can stay connect? Can managers, can owners stay connected to their guys and know, hey, I'm still here to to help you. I'm encouraging you. What are things they can do, just nuts and bolts, day to day, operationally, to coach their guys through the day, through the challenges, to make them feel still connected, and that you got your, we have their back. Yeah. The first thing that pops into my mind is just just the optics of things. So, have you ever have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, that guy quit, and then I found out he had all these issues. But I mean, I've always said I have an open door policy, so I don't know what his problem is. Right. Right. Well, you might have an open door policy, and you might say it ten times, but does does everybody feel like you have an open door policy? Mm-hmm. Does everybody believe that? Have you made it believable? There's there's one thing about saying something, but if nobody believes it, it doesn't matter if you say it or not. And I used to say that all the time. I have an open door policy. I don't understand. I don't, but then I had to start to think, okay, what's the matter with my open door policy? Do people even believe it? Right. Do they not want to come and sit down? Is the way that I handle them when they come and sit down right. diminishing to them? They're not heard? 
Uh, I just listen so that I can respond and prove them wrong. Hey, you were wrong for thinking of that about me or your manager or my company. So um, we can say we have an open door policy all we want, but we have to show that we do. And open door doesn't just mean physically you can come in and sit down and then I'll berate you for you being in a bad mood. Open door means you go, dang, you know what, man, I'm really sorry. Hey, I'm going to give you the rest of the day off with pay. Let me, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to, I'm going to see how we could change that in the company. That's a great point. Right. Um, and, and here's 50 bucks. Take your wife out tonight. Just have a good time. Have some drinks on me, dinner on me. I mean, or, or, or do you just listen and go, all right, well, thanks. Hey, listen, you're going to be late for that next call. So, <laughs> you know, are you taking notes while they're talking or are your feet kicked up and you're answering text messages? Like, mm. so I think that's the optics of it. Is it believable or not? And then really, um, and you're, you're, you're probably gonna have to remind me a little bit of your question if I don't answer it. Cause I get <laughs> off on tangents, as you know, I got lots of words and you're the first person I've talked to today, Bob. So congratulations. <laughs> but, um, but and then there's the, the follow-up stuff like do you check back or are you too busy and and if you're a scattered brain like i can be um or if you're just so overwhelmed you'll you'll things will start to fall out right you'll, you'll forget things do you put it on your calendar like when you're done with a meeting like that do you consciously or tell your assistant or the dispatcher i used to have my people in the office i put everything on our calendar in our crm for me like everything so they literally would dispatch me like they would dispatch me to my office to meet with a technician if That's there was right a meeting though. at 10 or you know if a guy was coming by to talk about marketing it went on either hey go to the front desk and put it on it because i'll just forget things and so sure. put that follow-up meeting on there and and uh and, and make sure that uh you're following up so that it's it's believable after time and then you will get people that come in and go close the door and go hey boss just talk to me what do you mean you know that saying like just talk like the thing you do like i don't know i'm just in a bad mood yeah all right great and i've had more than one guy that let's talk about it man how's how's things how was last week how was this week all right uh what's what do you got on the books today well that's what I, that's what i'm worried about oh okay no we're, we're finding it you know mm-hmm. um and then the little things you know once it's believable i think for a team and your heart's in the right place little things like just text messages do you intentionally text message somebody i think i probably hold the world record for 43 year old that's sent the most text messages since texting was invented like just between youth ministry and soccer teams and you know employees and everything else there's just an there's an intentionality to bringing people together uh, and there's a consistency to it. Um, and so if you, if you just think that you can like send a text to all your guys once a month and that, and then that group text is fire. Well, it's not that that group text is fire. When you see something funny as crap and you send that too, (laughs) not just, Oh, we need to hit a hundred grand today. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all of the above. And um, so when you, I think there's that, there's that optics. Just do people believe that you care? Um, and, and I, that's a hard question to start asking yourself because people might not think that about you and that's okay. You, you need to adjust how you're experienced and those optics, uh, so that they believe it. And that might be some self work you need to do. And then there's the intentionality, the constant contact intentionality. Um, and then there's the stuff where, um, you know, you're, you're noticing things and calling it out. Good stuff. Not just bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey man, great job. Well, hey man, you know, here in how many calls yesterday? Oh man, I need to shoot him a text. Right. You know, um, get your team involved. If you're a really busy, busy owner, I don't care whether you have three employees or 300. If you're just a really busy owner, tell your, your, your dispatchers and your call takers, um, man, I, I, I tell you one thing, if, if a company doesn't have a 
at least three or four great women working for it, us guys are in trouble. And I'll say that to anybody. And I would empower them, hey, please notice things and tell me who I need to encourage or remind me to you know, reach out if somebody was on call, like, you know, shoot, shoot me post-it notes, shoot me texts. And, uh, and they do that. Hey, Jeff seems a little down today. You might want to reach out. Oh man, thanks for telling me. You can't be everywhere all the time. Sure. Um, and, and some people, men or women, some people are just better at feeling those things. We all have different personalities and, and a lot of us driven entrepreneurs are like, you know, darn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And you know what? Sometimes you lose a few guys in battle. Well, we're not the ones that are probably always going to notice a guy that's been forgotten, a guy that doesn't get a text message because he never sells, you know, 20 grand a day or whatever. So um, empower those people on your team that feel well, that, that see people and care to um, get you involved in those conversations, you know. That's great. That's great. And, and it sounds like you're intentional in telling them to, to you know, to, to, to let you know that you, you put that faith and trust in them. And, and, and I guess that, that further cements the, the culture and, and the feeling that, hey, you know, Jared, who I work for, believes in me enough to, to bring that up. You know, so I'm not just here to to answer phones and keep my head down. You know, I, that's right. Bringing me into the into the into the business to a higher level, a bigger part of it. So I love that. That's right. Um, we talked. You know, you talked. We talked a little bit about. Um, you know, when you notice someone who's slumping, right, and, and, and you're physically noticeably, they're like just not feeling feeling it or whatever, and, and pulling those people aside and kind of talking to them. We talk about you know uh, staying connected when people are, are away, and so they're just they're busting their butt, running a bunch of extra calls or whatever, and going above and beyond, and and, and staying connected with them. How do you handle the employee that? Man, they've been, they're normally killing it and they seem like they're doing okay, you know, in the office, but all of a sudden you're like, wow, their numbers are way down. So, what is that? Is it a phone call to them? Do you try and pull them in your office and, and, and you know, put them next to you and, and, and coach them? Or what do you, what, what kind of a process do you follow for that top performer all of a sudden just seems to hit the skids? Yeah, I think there's, I'd say process is, is probably a good word, but. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, under that process for when a high performer hits skids, there's probably different processes for different personalities of guys, right? But depending on the guy, but, um, you know, whether they're, you know, driven, whether they're high eyes like me, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I would say is um, if, if you've laid the groundwork for um, uh, as a manager that coaches – and wants to see, wants to make heroes, not always be a hero. You want to make guys that are, I want to, I always wanted my sales guys to sell more than I ever could. That, that's what drove, drove me. You know, I, I wanted to, I want, you know, I only paid myself, you know, 85 or 90 grand or whatever it was a year back then as a GM. Well, I loved it if there was a sales guy making 150 grand a year in his job position. Sure. I made more cause I was an owner. If I, if I, if I made profit that year. Right. Right. But, as a GM, my paycheck was 90 grand or whatever it was. Well, I, I wanted my sales guys to be making 150. Doesn't that bother you? Uh, no, I want to make people that were better. I want people that are better than me. <laughs> so, um, so I think you have to, if you've laid the groundwork as somebody that coaches, as somebody that sends out text messages or catches guy in the hallway or makes phone calls or, you know, makes that one guy, the hero in the, in the training room. Hey, you know what? I'm going to train on this. And I actually learned this from XYZ sales guy over here. So if I say anything smart, it was actually, I got this idea from him. 
Today we're going to talk about, you know, how to build rapport with people that are really hard to build rapport, whatever. Um, making heroes in the room. Then, here's where I'm getting to, is if you've laid that groundwork, it's not out of left field when you shoot a guy at text and say, hey, man, you doing all right? Yeah. Now, if that's the only text message you've sent him in the last three months, and he knows, I mean, he knows he, he, knows he sucks a whole <laughs> lot earlier than you do. <laughs> you see it because you sign his paycheck, and you're like, whoa, it's usually three grand, and it's 1200 Was he off? Did he have, uh, you know, didn't take PTO, but he took, like, so um, if you've laid the groundwork as a coach, it's really easy to coach um, and have hard conversations. If you haven't laid that groundwork, if you're only the guy that praises um, and never the guy that challenges, then when you challenge, A, you feel awkward, so it comes off really bad. Um, And then somebody's like, oh, such and such got called back into his office. Oh, boy, wonder if he's getting the ax. Well, that's not their fault, y'all. You set that precedent. That's 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 who they think you are. Um, so you might have some. You might have to relay that foundation uh, in your management style to where people go. They have no idea why somebody got called to your office. It could be a raise. It could be a great thing. You could just be lonely. You just want to joke about some stuff. You want ideas from somebody, or they're getting fired, or, or they're you know not doing well. So that's the groundwork side of it. Uh, if, if it if it doesn't go well for you from the beginning, or everybody's nervous, that's probably because that's the only time you reach out in that way. Now. Right. process for doing it um i i i'm high eye but in that moment i feel the need to kind of put some tension in the room you know you can control tension you can do it on sales calls you do it with your kids you, you do it with your spouse you do it whether you know it or not but you control tension you know when when your wife goes um hey you know did you do the laundry and you like wait three seconds to answer you know what you're doing like you're kind of be a little bit of a jerk right um so we all know how to use it, so just be intentional with it. So in, in my case, what I like, because I'm a high I, I'm a little less direct, I'm an ID, so I can be direct, but I try to lead with conversation. Um, but I, I'm not such a high I that um, 25 minutes later, we're still talking about like the landscaping he did last weekend, uh, when in reality, he hadn't sold anything in four days. <laughs> I'm going to bring somebody in, hey man, how you doing? You know, break the ice real quick, awesome, yeah, absolutely, yeah, weather's great, sure, sure. Hey, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of your time. Um, and, and remember, I, I want you to, I want you to be the most successful employee I've ever had. Like, just keep that in mind. And it's my job to coach and coaching isn't always like champagne at the end of the game we win. Right. It's also sometimes it's the yelling and screaming and I'm wiping my forehead with a towel up and down the sidelines trying to figure out what the heck your problem is. Right. So today's a little bit more of that second thing than the first thing. Is that okay? Just ask for permission. Yeah. Is that Okay. Mm-hmm. Ask, always ask before you give somebody feedback. Hey, I've got a little feedback for you. Can I? You mind if I give it to you? Yeah. Right? It just it just helps that. And then they're asking you for it. But my the thing I always did was go, Hey, how do you think you're doing right now? Right. How do you how do you think things are going for you right now? And I mean, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, maybe more. If it's a great, if you've done your job on the front end, getting the right people on the bus, I'll put that in there. Right. That person's gonna go. Man, I gotta be honest. I'm. I. I don't know what is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, how so? Start asking those questions. Not nothing direct, but start peeling back the layers. Well, how do you mean? How so? All right. Where'd you get that from? Why do you feel that way? Um, answer. Ask questions to understand, because you can't. Everybody goes. How do I fix the guy that went from seventy percent closing to twenty percent? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't have a 
there's no find out what the frick's wrong and fix it like right. you, you probably started a contracting business because you were a technician and you liked figuring out problems and fixing things sure. well people have problems that need to be figured out and they need help, help fixing them just like a roof or an air conditioner yeah. so be go, fall back into your technician role be really inquisitive and care about why that person is broken because there's something there now if they never had a track, track record of selling something and you took them out of you know, an installer position and plop them in a sales truck. Well, that's probably why they're probably on the wrong seat of the bus. If they're the right person, put them back in the right seat. Yeah. But if they were selling, if they have a track record and something crashed and burned, it's either your fault. It's your company's fault. It's him or her's marriage's fault. There's something going on with the kids. Sure. There's something spiritually going on. There's an addiction problem going on. There's just something, there's a breakdown in the human system. And so, um, nine times out of 10, they'll, if you're, if you set the precedent as this is the kind of boss I'm, I'm a coach, you tell me anything, I love to help. They're going to tell you. Um, and I, I, you know, there, there's always something that comes out of there and, and then you, okay, well, Hey, I want to help you fix it. Can I help? Will you let me help you? Right. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to coach you and it's probably not always going to be fun. Like the, some of the stuff, depending on what's going on, some of the stuff, you know, we, we might, we might end up yelling at each other about it. Like if you're really pushing into, you know, his time management skills or not skills or his, you know, his uh, lack of wanting to actually follow the system or something like that, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we're probably going to go into blows. Like you're, you're going to, but if you trust me, I'm going to turn you into a superstar. I want to go to the Super Bowl with you. Right. Um, so that for me typically, typically worked. Um, just asking somebody, Hey man, how do you, how do you, and it's, it's very intentional the way you do it. Sure. There's a little tension in the room. You're okay with the tension. Don't try to relieve the tension through small talk. Let the tension do its work. It's worth a thousand words. And then, and then go, Hey man, I really, I've got to ask you a really serious question. Oh, okay. Pause. <laughs> um, man, I hate to do this. They think this is kind of dirty. They think you're firing them. Right. Right. That's what it's like. You're letting like that tension, into it, yeah. But you're giving a contrast, and then it's a little bit better when all you're asking them to do is tell you what's wrong. Yeah. And so, and I, I know that's. But then you, you know, then you go along and you walk with them, though. I mean, it, it, that's right. You get a little tension so that it kind of maybe it centers them, yep. and they realize, okay, I'm getting called. And then, yeah. And then, hey, how do you think you're doing? Right. Right. Uh. Now, the wrong person on the bus is going to go, great, man. I mean, I'm having a couple slow days, but, I mean, you know what? Who doesn't? I'm, you, know, I don't, you know, I don't need any help. I'm good. My call's coming up. I'm good to go. Right. Yeah, you ain't going to be going on the next call. That's for sure. <laughs> so. so how frequently do you touch base with that guy, that struggling guy then? If, you know, I mean, do you see, like, the next day, maybe he did just have a rough week where he just got a, a you know, it all happens to some people. Is it you just get a, a ring, you know, run of bad calls or whatever, and then in two or three days later he's closed you know, every every uh, sales appointment he's on, and but you know, a lot of times that's not the case. So, how frequently are you touching base with someone that's struggling? Is it uh, is it throughout the day several times? Is it just once a day? Uh, what, what, what do you? How, how would you approach that? I think I think I think personally, you better care, mm-hmm. and that's going to drive how much you're going to intuitively know how much to touch, touch base. Right. If you really don't care, you're just doing this to get the closing percentage back up because he's your little workhorse and you're, you need an install tomorrow. Yeah. Then, then I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't care if you touch base 10 times. It's, it's, it's not out of the heart. It's not really going to matter. People want to work for souls. They want to work for people, not systems. So, but that said, let's take the big stuff off the, off the plate. Let's take like, man, my marriage is a wreck. 
okay, well, that's a little different. Like, that might be outside of work help. I'm going to be filing him a counselor. I'll be all kinds of stuff. But let's just take, like, our common middle ground stuff, which would be sales slump. Guy's usually at 50%. Um, three or four days this week, he's not sold something, and you notice it, right? Because all you on this all y'all listen to this, you're watching your KPIs, so you notice this right away, right? You notice it like 30 days later, right? Okay, good. Glad to hear that. Um, you notice it. You notice it one day, and you go, well, maybe you had a bad day yesterday. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out and just go, hey, man, you good? Awesome. Got some great calls coming up. Call me if you need me. Right. And then he goes 0 for 3 again or 0 for 2 again. Okay, May Day. Um, if you let that go on, A, if you don't nip that in the bud and find out what's going on, you're not caring for that person, and there's something inside of them that knows it. Nobody noticed I lost yesterday three times, and nobody noticed I lost today three times. And there's four other sales guys, and I guess they, I guess, I guess, does anybody see me? That's, that starts to happen. Right. Either consciously or subconsciously, that starts to happen in their mind. So this is something you have to catch early on. It can't be like three weeks later and you're signing their paycheck, like I said earlier. You're like, what's wrong with John? And they're like, what? John quit three days ago because he right. thought he sucked. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yeah. So I think there's a speed to it. But then there's, um, you know, the touch base. The touch base question would be um, I would want somebody – I would – there's the kindness of, Hey, I want to make you great. and I'm going to coach you. And then there's the reality of, okay, so, Hey, here's what we're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, come here first. I just want to, I just want to see how you're doing. We're going to practice a couple things. I'm going to do some homework on his last six calls. He didn't close. And I'm going to call those homeowners. If I'm a great sales manager, I'm going to go, Hey, what's up? We were out. Hey, look, quick, couple quick questions. I realized you didn't guys didn't go, go forward with us. And, and most people do. So I always get really inquisitive. Right. You know, was John on time? No, he was 30 minutes late. Okay, interesting. All right, well, man, I'm so sorry. John's not typically like that. He's worked for me for two years. You know what? I'm going to check on him. Maybe there's something going on I don't know about. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. You know, did he go through the whole system? Did he explain all our questions? I'm going to look for anything that he's he's doing uh, um, uh, over and over again on these calls. Anything that pops out. Yeah. Um, and then I can coach him on those things. I can go back to him and say, hey, man, I checked on your last six calls. Man, you were late five out of six times. Is there something going on at home that I don't know about? Is di- I mean, it could be my fault, Bob. Is dispatch not saying, hey, right. man, I don't want to say anything, but dispatch has been like, you know, they're taking care of the other four guys because they all go out beer drinking together. Right. But I choose to not to, and dispatch is sending me the wrong calls, sending me the wrong addresses. There's this one person in dispatch. I just didn't want to be a troublemaker. Yeah. See, now you find that out because you cared. Yep. You wouldn't have found that out if you had come down hard on them and said, you better close. You're not, you don't have a job by the end of the week. Right. Um, and that stuff happens a lot. So again, it, you probably join this trade, own a business and manage people because you started out a technician, be a technician, find out the root problem. Don't just put extra caulk on it. You know, don't just put a new motor in when there might be another issue, you know, you replace a, a compressor, but then you don't put, replace a, a, you know, you don't find out what's wrong with the refrigerator system side of it and you burn it up another compressor right so find the root cause uh, of that issue and so that you know that might lead you diagnosing and, and getting the back the back or the backstory is going to allow you that's going to really dictate how much do i need to do so now maybe i bring him in tomorrow morning face to face 
um, and we're working through, hey, here's what I found. Looks like you're late. Is anything going on there? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's fix that. Listen, if you're going to be a superstar, you got to be 10 minutes early. 10 minutes early is still five minutes late. Then some party, right? So um, can I depend on you to be from now on, like every call, like 100%, less you lose both legs on the way there. Um, four tires. You got to have at least four flat tires to be late in my book. Um, can I? Yes, I can depend on it. All right, great. I'm going to write that down in our little coaching guide here. I'm going to, some people call it a write up. I just call it like, this is how I'm going to coach you. And I promise to do these things on here. Cool. And so get him to sign that. Put it in paper. There's something that happens when you write somebody up, not in a mean way, but in a coaching way. I promise to coach you on these things and follow the breadcrumbs from there on up. Now, now I'm going to be watching. I hope I have GPS uh, on trucks and I can go, look, all right, he was there 10 minutes early. Hey, dispatch, do me a favor. Every day, give me a report at the end of the day or after every call or whatever that shows me uh, were, was John on time three out of three times. Because if he, if he doesn't do it the first day, Bob, we got a problem. Yeah. And I just paid 200 bucks a lead, and I don't think he's going to run any more of my leads tomorrow. Right. Right. Right? 100%. So, so some, I feel like what we do is we, we go off, we, we, we quote-unquote coach, and we don't follow up on for a week or two, mm-hmm. and then we're so angry that this guy didn't change. Right. Well, give him a chance. Give him maybe one more chance, and then go, hey, man, I can tell you just don't really want to be here, and that's okay. Um, maybe it's best that you resign and move on because we're not going to be able to give you any more sales calls because right. you choose to not show up on time. Right. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, and at that point, you've given them every opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and, and yep. sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I know that's right. That's uh, okay. it's difficult for a lot of people to deal with, and, and a lot of owners put their their head in the sand. I mean, there's other guys that will fire someone in a heartbeat, but I know plenty of other owners that, that want to help people and, and don't really know how to do it. And so instead they just give them lead after lead, and then they just burn themselves up, and you can't have that either. Um, that's right. Uh, and if the guys – I'm sorry, if the guy pivots – how often should I keep up with him mm-hmm. uh, until you see the track record change? Right. So, you know, if, if he's on call for that first one and he doesn't sell it, dispatch better let me know or I'm debriefing all my sales guys like I should because I'm an actual real sales manager mm-hmm. and they call me at the end of every sales call. Sorry, it's a shot to everybody that just uses CRM to manage your salespeople. Um, so oh God, they, they, yeah. debrief, they debrief with me and I can hear his voice and hear if he's up or down um, and I go, hey man, listen, all right, that sounds like that was that was probably a difficult one to get you back on track. Hey, listen, this next one is XYZ. It's going to be awesome. They're like three blocks from your house. You sold another one two blocks from there i'm doing everything i can to pump him up yes. now it's almost like a new salesperson i just gotta get him his first sale yeah. if i can just get him a little momentum and then once he gets one he just forgets about the last seven yes. i'm the baddest salesperson on earth oh my gosh it was so hard but i pushed through blah 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 twelve thousand. it's going in tomorrow i got a check they paid for the whole thing up front and it took me a hundred but like right. the whole and then it then it can trail off to you know text message and yeah. you know how's it going how are you doing today man you're man and and reinforce it hey man you really made a huge pivot in your career i want you to remember that day we had that conversation because 20 years from now you're going to look back and go that changed my whole career and you did this man you did this yeah so just reinforce just like you do with kids like reinforce good behavior um as much as possible it's funny you you are you hit the nail on the head with everyone just relies on software to to kind of like debrief with their people and and they just lose that human aspect of it i, I when we talk or when i talk to uh to phil golding um you know his uh that this was from i think episode four of the podcast for those listening um uh, 
from ARC Contracting, he said their sales oh, yeah. manager, when they had way less calls when the COVID thing started, he started, he made sure to talk to every single salesperson before and after the, you know, the appointment to, to coach them and their, their closing rate to skyrocket because the people knew they were going to be connect, right? They're going to have some accountability, but at the same time, yep. they, they got built up. They got pumped up before going in there. Right. So there's there, that awesome. interaction, interaction that it just, it, it, it's so valuable. Support for this podcast comes from Bradford White. Bradford White is a full-line manufacturer of residential commercial water heaters and boilers. While being manufactured and assembled in the USA by American craftspeople, Bradford White's goal is to deliver high-quality, superior products specifically built for the professional contractor. You can always count on the performance and reliability of our built-to-be-the-best products. Visit BradfordWhite.com to learn more. Welcome back to the show. Jerry and I covered a lot of ground already, including the importance of hiring the right people, the importance of observing daily body language in your team, how to stay connected with your team daily, and how to have one-on-one conversations. Now, we're going to get Jared's take on what the most important thing you can do as a business leader and business owner to start building culture today. We'll also talk about a few other things. So let's jump back into the conversation. We talk a lot about connecting with the employee, you know, whether it's salesperson, tech, whoever, um, and, and getting the buy, you know, to get them to buy in and, and feel part of the team. But you know, here we are. It's it's early June. We're talking summers, like right here in some part, some markets. It's blazing hot already. There's going to be in, in a, you know the HVAC and roofing side. Those guys are going to be slammed. A lot of them are working crazy hours, and that means they're not home. And so you can get someone totally on board and loving working for you. But if they're gone all the time, all of a sudden at home's not really happy. So is uh, is there anything you did or you know of people that have done to to connect with those spouses that are kind of like, hey, what is going on? I know you're making great money and you're happy there, but I don't see you. I don't even remember your name is anymore. So any any tips to kind of get them to say, you know, whether it's just calling them or whatever to say thank you or what are some things that you've done or you've heard of, of people doing? Yeah. So, you know, it's fatigue, right? Like at the end of the day, um, other than other than guys that jump into the trade in like January and they just think spring's just the most magical thing with little birds flying around and then July hits and they're like, what is this? Um, <laughs> other than those guys, there's not a there's not a guy that's been in, the, in any of these industries. Um, uh, uh, you know, obviously electrical and plumbing are a little bit more stable throughout the year, less peaks and valleys, but there's still peaks and valleys. There's nobody in these trades that doesn't know you know, the, the phrase feast or famine, you know, and, and, uh, so, um, at the end of the day, it's fatigue and you forget, uh, you forget reality and, and your idealistic human mindset comes in and goes, well, I just think I should be able to make a hundred thousand dollars a year working like four, six day, six hour work days a week. You know, like that doesn't really, that's not really real life. And so one of the things I think is important is knowing the families, um, you know, um, I didn't do a ton of it cause it wasn't something that I really learned until later in my career, but, um, you know, especially key employees, um, managers, maybe some sales, sales people that are going to be working some crazy hours and yeah. maybe high performing techs. Man, do you, do you interview with the wife too? Mm-hmm. Hey, I just want to sit down and make sure that we're a fit for the wife as well. Not everyone wants that to happen. Right. Um, but there's that. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, 
making sure you're doing those Christmas parties that are not just stale Christmas parties, that, but, but that people know each other. Um, are you doing a, a, a company picnic in the summertime because it's what companies do or because you genuinely, you genuinely want to bring people together um, in ways? And, um, and, and we're not all good at that. Like there's some people that are really intentional and good at meshing people together, and there's some people that aren't. And so, you know, find somebody that's good at, uh, meshing people together with, you know, maybe it's like table games or, or whatever else, because you're trying to build a family and a community, not just like one onesie twosie people that might know each other. So that, that I think building that culture over time helps a ton. Yeah. Um, but one of the, one of the biggest things I can think of when you said that was, um, knowing it, being aware of it before, way before it happens. Um, and it's, it's, and, and then warning people of it. And so, uh, you know, when March and April hit for me, uh, I, I warned something that, oh goodness, this brings up so many things, but <laughs> are you, con- are you constantly sharing vision? I think we, we say it, you need to be constantly sharing vision. You need to be constantly sharing vision. I think there's probably a lot of business owners that are like, okay, what, like, what do I share? Like, right. we're going to grow. Mm. We're going to put two more trucks on the road. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. But some of the stuff that I constantly share was just the reality of our industry and what makes it so great. And then also what's hard. And so in my vision casting, which was every conversation, every conversation has a moment that you can cast vision. You know, if you're, if you're just talking about, we're going to have a busy week, but you know what, this busy week, that's going to, that's what's going to help us catch up from not being busy in March. And then it's going to, it has the chance of making us even for the year, kind of into the black for our, for our, uh, our, our six month, you know, goal for the, our first six months, which is going to help us. Cause you know, at the end of the day, we want to win the Super Bowl at the end of the year, right guys? Right. So even though I'm talking about having a hard work week coming up, cause it's going to get hot. I'm tying it back into vision. So a lot of my tea, my tee up for the whole team was, all right, guys, I hope you guys are enjoying April because remember what comes after April. Now, remember, we don't always know May in Virginia. May might just hit sure. or we might wait all month and it's never busy. And then June hits like a freaking, you know, freight train. But I'm, I'm constantly talking about that. Now, remember with your family, like, hey, you know, if you're if you're taking these half days in April or these four day work weeks in April and you're like fishing with your buddies those other days, that's awesome. <laughs> but, but bro, <laughs> there's going to be a time about a month and a half from now, your wife's not going to remember your name and it's going to be your fault. Right. Um, so just trying to share that vision, like, all right, guys, listen, we're getting that busy season. Uh, we all chose this trade. So we're all going to be busy, and, and it's going to hurt a minute, but that's what guys do when they go into battle. Right. That's what people do. That's what teams do. We go into battle, and it's really hard, and then we're going to reap the benefits. So you reap what you sow. If you don't sow in a season, you won't reap for it later. Right. So it's just that constant vision sharing. And then we'd also send, like, flowers home to, you know, wives, right. gifts to the kids. You know, if they ever had a kid, we'd, we'd send home, like, a, a little little baby infant onesie with our company logo on it and, like, a cute okay. saying on the back or whatever. But yeah. um, just all the, and again, if, if that's not, if you're listening and you're like, I don't have time to think of that stuff. Well, you probably have somebody on your team that would love, you know, a hundred dollar a month budget sure. to think of those little things. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be. It's you know what I mean? It doesn't. No. Have to be. Yeah, exactly. A thank you card signed by the owner. Hey, we're going into June. I realize you, you probably won't see your spouse a ton, whether it's dispatcher or technician or whatever. I just want you to know you don't go unnoticed. We think about you. Thank you so much for, for giving us more time with your spouse uh, than normal. 
Um, it'll only last a couple months. Signs are being. I mean, those little things go a long way. And if you really mean it, you'll do those things. Yeah. If you're just doing it to like build fake culture, it'll fall flat because right. people will be like, "Oh yeah, he totally didn't sign that." Right. It's a stamp. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can see the ink around the uh, edges of the stamp. That they roll it What's that little circle with the R on it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, no, that's all great. Great little nuggets there, and and, and also I, something I think you know I think for you is probably natural when you had those group outings. You, you're a social person. You're probably chatting with people, but for those that are not naturally that way, make an effort to talk to the spouse and say hello and and you know and actually interact. You know and act like you want to interact. Like I think that makes a big difference when they everyone knows everybody, right? That, that brings that family yeah. atmosphere uh, so much more together. Um, of everything we've talked, and we've talked about a lot of different stuff, is there anything for somebody that's like, man, and, and I, and you've talked to people like this, and I know I've talked to members like this, they're like, I went to EP, and we got a lot of operational things in place, um, you know, because, you know, and, and we're making money, but I think the big component is we're missing cultural culture. You know, it, we just, it's not, well, there's no warm and fuzzy. It's cold. It's very, pro, you know, it's just, you know, it's just not where I want it to be. I need to work on this. So what's the first thing that someone needs to do that's in that position that, that needs to step up their engagement? What, you know, what would you say to them that they can do today to, to get to start fostering that and to start you know, finally leading their team instead of just having a business? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought about this the other day, and it might have been because you, you sent an email about this call and you said something about culture. But um, in 2008, I, you know, our businesses had done well for three or four years at that point. And so, you know, I totally arrived, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you think you've just totally arrived. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I wore a suit to, to work every day. Um, and, um, uh, I was just the man, you know, and looking back, I was a total idiot, but, um, we'd done some great things. We had a great team. We did have some culture, but it was very intense. Like it was a, it was a, uh, it was like, like Sparta. Like we were, we were warriors, uh, heroes for war. Um, there wasn't a ton of fun. I mean, we, we all had not, well, some of us had good senses of humor. And so there was, but there wasn't like culture culture. It was more like we were a bad A company and we were growing and, and this is awesome. And we're all making a ton of money and, uh, look what we're doing. And I foolishly put a GM in place because I totally arrived, right? And so, um, and I totally knew how to put a GM in place because I'd never done it before. And so I put this poor kid in as GM for half ruined his life um, and half made him into a man. But um, it, it 100% failed. But in that six months of being an absentee owner um, for a bit, um, I really just took a step back. I mean, I was burned out. I've been working since I was 12. I hadn't let up. I never played as a kid. I never, I never, I mean, as a little kid I did, but not my teenage years i never did sports i just worked i seriously do every every extra hour from 12 years old to now this was probably when i was 31 um i had literally just i focused on work um and it's not a bad thing um but there was a there was an element of play that was missing and this kid at my church who's about 10 years younger than me purple hair mohawk played bass uh walked up to me and said dude you should totally come play frisbee with us and i was like what play what frisbee (laughs) Yeah, that seems dumb, you know, and, uh, but, but I knew him, I'd known him since he was probably eight or nine years old and he was about 20 at this point in time. He was on fall break from college yeah. and I did, I, I, I wasn't working every day and I show up this, you know, quote unquote old dude at 32, 31 <laughs> and I started playing ultimate Frisbee. Now, um, if you haven't ran in 20 years, uh, 
I would not recommend ultimate frisbee first because I almost <laughs> died the first two or three days because they yeah. played about five hours in a row, and I thought I'd, I'm sure I had several heart attacks, not even lying. And so, um, but I tried to keep up and show them who was boss. And um, moral of the story story is is in that six months while uh, I was away, that the, the company did horribly uh, because the main source of culture, even though I didn't even know what I was doing, uh, was gone. Right. Um, I somehow thought that the business kind of ran itself and the business was okay without me. So the first lesson is this. The business is not okay without you. Right. And, and, and whether you run 12 service calls yourself or you sit in your, your office and play with the basketball hoop on the back of the door all day, mm-hmm. you lead the culture in your company. If there's anything wrong with your culture, the first person I'd slap upside the head is you. Yeah. I don't care if it's the bad seat over there, it's the dispatcher that's been here 12 years and not allowed to fire. I don't care about any of that stuff. It's you. Yeah. A, you are so you are more important to your company than you have any idea. Right. That's what I, one of the things I learned. The second thing is figure out how to have fun. Yeah. If that means you need to take a two week break and go go, you know, help some you know, high school with football camp or something, you need to go help out in a youth group. You need to go with your own, you know, group of guys and go on some world trip around, you know, South Africa or something. You need to figure out how to unlock that because what was unlocked for me was just having fun. Being around a bunch of young adults reminded me I never did this. Yeah. And when I, when this GM failed, which was 100% my fault, bless his heart, when um, when he failed in the six months, which was right during the whole economy crash, right? Yeah. Um, I stepped back in uh, one day and I was fun. Yeah. And I showed up with a frisbee and a football and a different attitude. And it wasn't so serious. And it wasn't like, if we don't perform, we're all dying. Sparta. It was more like, dear God, let's at least have fun if we fail. Like, yeah. let's at least love, love what we do and love where we work. And why isn't there a basketball hoop in here? And, you know, where, where are all the Nerf guns? Like, don't we need Nerf guns to make this whole office thing work? Or So just, you know, obviously it's not all fun. But if you don't know how to have fun and you, and you can't learn, just free and hire somebody that knows how to have fun. And I started hiring people that, that I just, that just had fun. I mean, you knew, you knew Todd, yeah. Todd was this giant dude and he would, uh, he was twice as big as me easy. And he would pick me up <laughs> in the hallway and run down the hallway with me on his shoulder and he pushed my feet up through the ceiling tiles. And I'm in my suit and tie and everybody's laughing and, yeah. you know, played frisbee up and down the halls. And yes, it wasn't all day long, but, right. um, that, that's so important for people. Um, and c- because let me tell you something, when some guy rolls down their window, and says, "Hey man, you like where you work? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Well, you want to make an extra? You want to make an extra ten grand next year? Yeah. I'm starting tomorrow, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Kind of work for me tomorrow. You want your employee to go? <laughs> are you joking? Right. And roll his window back up. Right. You don't want your employee to go. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I really don't. I guess you're right. I don't love where I work. It's just a job. Yep. You. There's only one person responsible for that, mm-hmm. and that's you. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. It's nobody's fault that you, and that's the harshness of it. But then the really cool thing is, is you can change it. Yeah. Trust me from being an intense in my twenties, I've got to be successful so I can prove who I am. So get out of my way and everybody just go sell stuff from being that guy to literally overnight having a blast. Uh, you, you can do it. That was a change that happened in me that I had to accept and, and, and be really intentional and, um, any, in other words, if I did it in my 
uh, psychological state of my twenties, uh, you can you can do it. But you got to choose to do it. Yeah. Yep. That's that's really good. I didn't expect that answer, but that's that's some that's very uh, interesting. Um, but you are you are right. You are your business. It does. I know there's a lot of guys that have this idea that. Uh, you know, they are going to have that general manager, and that's my goal is he'll just run the business for the next 10 years, and I'll just get a mailbox money and uh, sit sit on the beach. And all the big guys that we know in, in this space, you know, that are big, big the, the, probably the biggest in the country, they all have a pulse on their business. I mean, they, and they can go do whatever they want, and they, and they play, and they have a good time, but they absolutely yeah. know. And and then when they walk in that company, people know who know who they are, and they, they're approachable, and, uh, you know, they set the tone yeah. of the culture. That never stops, that never stops for sure. Um, just wrapping up, Jared, thank you so much for your time. This went over, but I always have, enjoy uh, our conversations. There's always good stuff comes from it. But any any final thoughts about just employee engagement and how it impacts culture and, and then ultimately Im- impacts uh, a company's success? Anything we didn't cover? Yeah, I'd say if, if you feel like you're really good at it, uh, but the results aren't good, you're probably not good at it. So that's okay. Reevaluate it. Sure. Um, and then when you get done having a conversation with somebody, ask them, ask them, so, hey, how did how did I do? Right. Um, if you're not good at it or you're, you realize that you're not, just say it. Right. I mean, one, one of my biggest things, if I'm nervous about one, you know, if it's a employee, I don't want to just, that'll just stand up and quit, you know, right there. Oh, crap. Now I'm screwed. I was just worried about the, scr- the scratch on his truck, but now I just lost my $3 million a year sales guy. Just, just, just be you like bring him in and go, Hey man, I hate these conversations to be honest with you. So we'll make this short and sweet. Um, and, and I just want you to have, give me brutal feedback. Will you do that? Will you give me feedback as well? Uh, okay. All right. Hey, I got to talk to you about this and I hate this stuff, but if I don't do it, then I'm a bad coach and you deserve a really good coach. Yeah. See the math on that really, really works. Mm-hmm. It's the same math I always use with my kids. Hey, you know what? You, do you remember what my job is to be a really good dad? Yeah, that's right. I, and you know what? Sometimes I got to do things that I do not like. And so if I was to allow you to grow up to be a really brat of an adult or a bad adult, then I would have been a bad dad. I've only got 18 years to do this job. And so do you mind? Can I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I have to tell you some things and, and you might, you might not like it, but it's, it's because I have to be a good dad. You want me to be a good dad or a bad dad? A good one. All right. Well, here it goes. Yeah. So it's kind of that same so, thing. Yeah. Disarming. Yeah. Being open to it, teeing it up, you know, um, would, would be some of the biggest things. And if you're sitting there thinking, um, It'll all, it'll all just be fine. I can stick my head in the sand and it'll probably be fine. It never will. There's something that's in us that we get used to. Some of us get used to ignoring mm-hmm. and we, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool cause it's hope. You, you, you hope well, <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got hope on lockdown, right? <laughs> but, but these things don't go away. Like yeah. these, none of these things go away. And when somebody blows their top and you, you know, you, you drive in in the morning and you're the first one there and you're like, Oh good. John's here early. And then you're like, wait a minute, his window's kind of, full. Oh sh- crap. I bet you his keys are in the mailbox. Right. Yeah. We've all been there. That wasn't, that's, it's not something that happened last night. Exactly. That's something that happened over the last six months or six years with John, and uh, somebody said the right thing or the wrong thing, and uh, and he and he ejected. So you're kind of baking. You're with every employee. You're kind of baking a casserole. Like, and, and if you if you just let the let anybody else put the ingredients in there, and you never manage the ingredients in that relationship, you're going to get whatever comes out of the oven, and you're choosing that. So I would just say people want feedback 
They want accountability more than you know, just like kids do. They don't act like it, but they do. They crave it. They crave to know how they're doing and how they could do better. And and are you proud of me? Um, I don't care if somebody's making a half a million a year. Sometimes those guys are the ones that just want somebody to be proud of them. Hello, that's why they're so driven to make half a million dollars a year. So don't underestimate. I think, can we just close with this? Don't underestimate how much influence you have with every person in your company. Whether you think you're a great communicator, a great coach, a crappy coach, whatever, don't underestimate it. Because if I could go back, I would be so much more intentional mm-hmm. uh, with some of the people with, with the people that I I was blessed to bump elbows with uh, back in the day. I wish I'd been even more intentional uh, with those relationships because they deserved it. Right. Um, and that's the, that's the, that's the, um, the cloak you put on when you said, I'm going to open a business or I'm going to manage a department. Right. Um, and so don't, don't forget it. They, they, they're, um, it means a lot to them whether you know it or not. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And if you show you, show them you care and you're interested in whether you do it right or say the right thing, I think people can tell (laughs) when you sit down with them that you care and you want to help them get better. That makes all the difference in the world. So awesome. That's very true, Bob. Great stuff, Jared. Well, thank you so much for your time, sir. I really appreciate it. Um, Always, like I said, always enjoy these conversations. We'll have to have you back on sometime soon. All right, man. Let's do it. Have a great rest of your day, Jared. I'll talk to you later. That's Jared Dean with Success Group International. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. Remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Rhino Fleet Tracking. Rhino is an industry-leading commercial vehicle tracking company with an array of vehicle and equipment tracking solutions which provide you valuable data about your drivers and fleet. Their live Texas-based customer service has led them to more than 12 years of success. For SGI member discounts and more information, visit rhinofleettracking.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is copyrighted 2020 by Aquila Investment Group, LLC.